I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello there. And welcome to the Untitled Film Podcast. Back in the studio. Back in the studio after... After however many home records we've done. Yeah. But two uh, or three, just out of convenience, not, no one was travelling or anything this time, just uh, work schedules and things, it became a lot easier. But, Callum, you cut me off once again. Once again, I didn't do it last week, so no. I knew I had to get one in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what people don't know is who this podcast is with. I don't know. Uh, Johnny and some other guy who we'll be very soon replacing. Uh, you say that every week and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I am irreplaceable. I'm like, uh, you know, that bit in um, Goldeneye. Um, I am invincible! Just before he gets doused with the uh, freezing liquid. And the freezing liquid's coming any day now. Any day now, yeah. You've been saying that for months. <laughs> been over a year. Wow. Still waiting. I keep giving you one more chance, but I don't know why I do. One of these days. One of these days. One of these days. Anyway. So who um, are we? If you were <laughs> wanted to apply to re- replace Callum in this podcast, there is a place where you could go and, and message us to do that, or message me specifically to do that. And Callum, where is that? Well, you can go to Untitled Film Podcast, where your messages will get deleted by me. Um, <laughs> and that's on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we do check both, but if we're being honest, we're a bit more active on Instagram, if we're just being honest with that. Uh, we're also on YouTube, if you want to listen back to our reviews and you quite haven't figured out this whole Spotify revolution thing. Hi, Mum. Then that's where you can find us there. And uh, we ask a bunch of questions and fun things. And we did ask a question this week. And the question was, great trailer. Shame about the movie. And um, put up a few examples. But, uh, Johnny, what would you say if you had to choose one? The first Suicide Squad. Yes. Easily. I thought the trailer for that was absolutely amazing. And it was boring and a mess and definitely a film you could tell that it was probably not very good anyway and then that someone saw guardians at the studio and went i want that and somebody tried to cobble that together and obviously that doesn't work completely changing a movie tonally uh, and putting many cut montages of music in so yeah what about you? Another example that you brought out, because we had a discussion about this on the bus back home from Canterbury after a night out. And I think one that you said was Terminator Salvation or Salvation by McGee. It was indeed. And uh, I watched it back and it is a really good trailer. It's very moody. Uh, Christian Bale is looking, you know, he's got real gravitas. He's not just cashing in the paycheck or so we thought. Um, and then the movie came shot out. using um, code, like special Kodak film that had been 
tinted in a certain way. Great Nine Inch Nails song. Yeah, it's a it great trailer. It looked like the whole thing was coming together and then the movie did not come together. Boring. Yes, very boring. I've only seen boring. it the once. And it's dull, dull, dull. I can't even... I don't know. I finished it. I might have done. <laughs> if I did, I don't remember I the ending. I think it was one of those films I just threw on. And I think most of the time I was checking Facebook or something. Mm. I don't think I was watching it. I've got it. a feeling it was like a plane film. I remember, it came, I remember being really excited for it because I saw the trailer. And then um, the reviews came out and I was like, oh that bad i don't know if i want to ruin and um we should have known from mcgee it's like how mcgee a lot of people including myself actually was excited for watchmen and we were very a lot of us were like okay we'll give that Zack snyder another chance because this trailer really good smashing pumpkin song mm. well placed um montage it, it looks like he's really carefully recreated the world of watchmen and then that was the problem he carefully recreated the world of watchmen without really understanding it and just got a very dull three-hour film it's like i could just be reading the comic it's a lot better it's a lot better than this yeah i kind of agree yeah that was another one that was a bit of a disappointment I, yeah i really i know some people love Zack snyder but i just don't rate him I Have you seen the trailer it. for Rebel Moon, the new one? It's He pitched a movie to Star Wars and they said no. So um, he just kind of retrofitted it to just be a Netflix original sci-fi space opera. And it looks like a, if Zack Snyder tried to do a Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I just don't. I've never got it. It just... He doesn't get story. He's he doesn't get script. He's dumb. He doesn't get actors. He's just not a smart person. And, he, everything's muddy. Yeah, he's, and, uh, the slow motion thing—it's just annoying. He's just—he's just not a smart person, but I think he thinks he is. I think the people that watch him think they're the kind of people that think Joe Rogan's smart. Exactly. Yes. Podcast shots fired. Yeah. Woo! We're Joe coming for you, Joe. Podcaster will be this time next year. We'll have more listeners, probably because he'll be cancelled. Well, yeah, that's although if he hasn't been cancelled yet, is he going to be cancelled? Yeah, he's too miles to be cancelled. That's mm. his secret. And bland and meat. Exactly. Anyway. He's so stupid. Uh, that's my Joe Rogan rant for the day. Um, yeah. Anyway, that, I think that moves us on nicely to the news. Um, lots of people have been cancelled this week. But one thing that has been uncancelled, and what is that, Callum? We've... We're going to share this bit of news. Well, the Writers Guild of America strike is um, coming to a close. They put in a a, um, a deal has been struck. I think it's still they're finalizing the details. They are dotting the i's and crossing the t's, but this is essentially it. I until think they've, they've, they've had a big list of revised like independent productions, which are going to get going pretty quick. I yes. think. Yes, they obviously are. the big studio ones are taking a bit longer to get going, probably. Yes. Um, so until this is kind of filed and notion and all that kind of legal jargon, it isn't in effect yet but the deal that they have is the deal that's going through they're just kind of you know um finalizing that there is still one other issue though isn't there callum what's that what about the actors that is still going but from my understanding they are meeting with whoever it is they need to meet i forget what the the uh, acronym for the because um it's like after something yeah or at, it's because two there was two unions and they both joined together yes. x amount of years ago yes that's true uh so they are meeting i think in early october but that's still going ahead that's still in the wind but it looks fairly good i, I think. don't think they had as many issues as the writers did yeah. obviously the rise of netflix and things has affected their residuals but nowhere near as badly as writers and they've not yes, had all these mini writing absolutely. rooms and and again um obviously eventually ai probably could start replacing more and more actors they had all this thing about scanning actors and stuff but i think the writing side of things that was a it was a bigger concern was, because so, also sooner on the um yes on the on the, on the it was coming down the hill and i do have an la times article here so just a quick summary i'm not going to go into kind of great detail so it's higher pay uh the percentages uh the raise percentages are, are going up by a percentage or two in the first year followed by four percent in year two and 3.5 in year three uh streaming bonuses and data uh they're going to be more transparent sharing data with uh, uh the writers guild of america the kind of stuff that we don't get to see on mm. um, what shows are actually popular 
um, their minimum staffing, um, and it, it's on episode breakages. So, so a show with six episodes will ha- has to have a minimum of three writers, uh, 13 um, or more per season, minimum six, uh, including three writer-producers. The minimum employment of writers per episode applies to green-lit shows, of course. Um, artificial intelligence, which was the big one, that uh, the studios have to be more transparent. It's not that they they haven't been able to get rid of it entirely, mm. which I didn't think they realistically thought they could. But um, the studios have to go. Okay, this is a, here's a scenario we want you to write. It's written by AI. They have to actually say they can't hide that, which is what they were planning to do. There's a lot more. Um, I would suggest trying to find this LA Times article or. Adam Conover, who is the um, TV show host and writer, uh, you'll probably know him from Adam Ruins Everything on mm-hmm. YouTube and TBS. He is the kind of head honcho of the Writers Guild of America. If you find him on Twitter, he, he goes through, he bullet points them in kind of easy, digestible fashion. Uh, so if you want a more comprehensive breakdown, I'd suggest going to find either article or that. I thought there was something about minimum amount of weeks on shows as well. There may there was, very like was well have been. 13 episode season, you, this is the minimum. None of these things. Well, we'll have two people in for the first six weeks and then we'll get build the room out from there kind of vibe. I still, I still find the whole AI thing a bit strange. I just don't... I don't feel like... I would want to watch something that is predominantly written by AI. Well, I don't, no, don't think be, many people would. It would be completely soulless. And even if it was then cobbled together by a real writer to make it comprehensive, it's still going to have that touch of deadness. Okay, yeah. But even in 10 years' time, when maybe it's got better and there's, there's maybe less deadness in there, I just, I think I just, it would sour it for me just knowing that it's not written by a per- like. Oh, it totally would, me too. And if they do have to be transparent, though, no, that might push the box office in certain ways. Mm. People um, vote with their wallets. Totally. They might say, no, I'm not going to go see that. It's AI. I'm not going to pay for that. And that might be where the change comes if they have to be transparent about it then it might be where the change comes from people actually going, no, I don't want to see this, like 3D, which flared up and then went down, or any other of the fads that have come and well, gone. Well, speaking of 3D, I was kind of thinking, who do I think would make an AI film? James Cameron. Because he doesn't <laughs> like writing movies anyway. Um, and he certainly doesn't like editing them down to a usable script or good no. dialogue. Um, so if you wanted a stock storyline that's three hours long and has bad dialogue, it's basically... I feel like an AI well, could write that. just so that James Cameron's lawyers don't come and get us, um, I would suggest maybe he does enjoy writing very bland stories because his end goal is to just make revolutionize the CGI on top of them. Mm. He might actually enjoy going plot A, they go to the planet. Plot B, oh no, fights. All right, great. Print. I don't get why he writes his own movies. Why doesn't he just get good scripts and then get to play with CGI? I just don't think he cares about how good or bad the scripts are. He, he's, it's the CGI is the end goal. Well, this is kind of a tangent now, but um, but I would I wouldn't I would hesitate to say that he's de- desperate to be the one to go to AI. He might very well enjoy writing his very cooking. I didn't cooking say he was. I just, just thought I just it, yeah. it just a thought occurred to me. Sure, sure. But I, ironically, um, they also he's made the three biggest films of all time. He or has four, or three of the. F- three of the four biggest films of all yes, time. Yes, of course, because Avengers Endgame is yeah. still in there. Um, which also probably could have been made by AI, but there we go. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but no, that looks like it's coming to an end. Hopefully the Screen Actors Guild and whatever the other bit of Screen Actors Guild is called. AFTRA. I'm AFTRA, pretty sure it's AFTRA. Um, will come to an end soon. We'll have some new movies and TV coming out because um, I feel I could already starting to feel things being dripped. <laughs> you yeah. feel like the, I, you, the, you, there are things in people's pockets that are ready to come out, but they're getting further and further. There's going to be a, a, a gulch soon. There's going to be yeah. a dry spell. And either that, or they're going to be making stuff fast, mm-hmm. and the quality will drop. Yes. But anyway, and also for everyone else who like isn't an actor or a writer who's been negatively affected by the script it'd be good for the cgi artists although some yeah, of them are probably yeah. happy for anybody break and... in a, working in a crew has been affected yeah, by this exactly. and, and they're not the, the people who the are earning and... an, enough money to you know make a living you mm. know a lot of people are now retired 
um, or, or gone on to other jobs or day jobs. Uh, so hopefully this comes back so that people can be in work again. And they're already arguing that there's been a big drop anyway. Certainly in the, I don't know so much about the US, but the UK film there industry, there's been has. a massive drop yeah. in the last, even kind of post-COVID, there wasn't the recovery I think they thought there was going to be. Um, and it's taken them a while to get going again. And I think this has just really negatively affected it. And yeah, okay, then a lot of people aren't unionised in the UK, but if they're big studio movies, they steal the tendrils well, still come over. Well, absolutely, and they come over here to film, so many productions come over here to film, that what hits America hits us mm-hmm. too. Exactly. Anyway, so that is good news. Um, I think you have another piece of quick news. Yeah, quick one. Um, Wish, the trailer for the new Disney film, has come out, and it's apparently been in the works for 100 years. It's been one of those ideas that... Um, Walt Disney had and then abandoned to do something else but he's one of the ones he kept coming back to and then stopped coming back to and stopped and now they're finally getting it done it has a sort of cell shaded sort of look to it mm. and it has a quite an old school look to it the songs sound like they could come from um, you know have a wish upon a star sort of feel so to them racist <laughs> let's hope they've exercise those details but um, it, there's something um, quite old school about it its look um, so, you know, it could be uh, the trailer looks kind of mildly fun. So hopefully it's a banger and not a clanger. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I did see it. Um, and I'm interested to see how that turns out. I've just, I feel like I've just lost the Disney magic at the minute, but maybe this will bring it back. Oh, but Disney does go through its periods, doesn't it? It really does. Uh, my quick piece of second news uh, is that the many of you know they were going to make a Lando Carissian yes, TV series. Yes, did hit, did hit that. Um, with the legend that is Donald Glover, uh, continue to play Lando. Uh, they are now switching it over to a movie. Yes, so I heard that. The movie is, so yeah, it's becoming a, a movie which is interesting on two levels. One, because they've had such success with the um, Star Wars TV series. More, a lot more than the... Oh, I thought they weren't doing well. I I heard that the TV shows were sort of, um, except for um, that recent um, one that did really well. um, Andorra. 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 um, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. um, But uh, the others, I thought the kind of problem with them is they weren't clicking with people. Yeah, I think Boba Fett did, but I think the most recent one, um, Asoke, I don't think has, with Rosario Dawson, which I actually really wanted to click with people, but hasn't. But I think the others have. But anyway, what I was going to say was I think they have had more success than they have had with the movies of late. And obviously the solo movie was really not that well received, as much as I kind of have a soft spot for it and think it would have been very good if they'd let Lord and Miller do their thing. Indeed. Uh, um, But yeah, um... So actually, I think it's interesting that they're going back and making another Star Wars movie because that's really been off the table for... When was it that the third of the trilogy came out? 2019. So it's that four years. So by the time that comes out, it'll be like six years since they had a Star Wars movie. So it'll be quite a big gap. So it's an interesting one, um, I think. But hopefully, with Donald on board, it'll be successful. It might be nice if it's sort of more low-key, like the Ant-Man of the Star Wars, so mm. that they can do something low-stakes and have it just be a fun shoot 'em up heist rather than trying to tie it into some planet-ending kind of thing. I feel like that's what they tried to do with Solo a bit, and then... I think they started to, and then they start introducing things which I don't complex, want to spoil, yeah. and, and they're like, oh, come on, you lost me, but that's a review for a different time. Wow, cool. But no, I, I'm, I'm excited anyway tentatively so yeah um i think that brings us on to our I the meat so. potatoes of the week so callum what are we going to be talking about this week well in a slight change of fashion two new things uh, uh, one slightly newer than the other but um we're going to be reviewing the first seasons of both winning time the rise of the lakers dynasty awful title just awful and the documentary series uh, welcome to wrexham with um ryan reynolds and rob McElhaney. um uh, both the theme linking them today is sports and the uh, um how uh takeovers and buying of clubs and buying of teams affects a team's future so yeah that's uh, that's what we're going to be doing absolutely um which one are we going to do first? I think we should do Wrexham because it's, okay. it's, I think it is the newer of the two just. Like by a hair, but yes. Yeah. Um, do you want to do Wrexham or shall I? You can take it if yeah. you want. Okay. So um, Wrexham is a documentary series about the takeover of Wrexham Football Club by Rob McElhenney of Always Sunny and Mythic Quest fame and by Ryan Reynolds of 
Deadpool and many things fame. Um, in COVID, they it all apparently all came from an idea of Humphrey Keir, who was a writer of Rob McAhenney's on well worked with Rob McAhenney, but worked on Always Sunny and Mythic Quest. Also acted a little bit, um, and he was getting Rob into football um, while they were on the set. And he was like, you should buy a football team. Um, there's loads of lower club ones that used to be successful. And then they kind of just run out of money and fell down the leagues or, or, or have got stuck and have got these facilities that are there perfect for the taking and just underutilised. Um, they've got a brand that's underutilised and have a big catchment area and a loyal fan base, but just don't have the money to get the momentum to get them back up the leagues. So I think there's a you know there's a business opportunity there, and it'll be good for a, you know a, you know a local thing. Um, Bob McAhenney, to his credit, started looking into this um, with Humphrey, and then realised I think as he said in one of the episodes that he didn't need just. Uh, TV star money, he needed movie star money. <laughs> so I think in his words, he slid into Ryan Reynolds' DMs and said, you you like business, you're a businessman, you've got your gin and your t- your mobile network and loads of businessy things. How about you buy a, a uh, English football or British football club with me? Amazing, even though they didn't know each other that well, Ryan went, yeah, great idea. And they found <laughs> Wrexham in North Wales uh, and bought that together. And this is a documentary series about the first year of that. And Callum, what did you think? Well, at first I was very worried um, because these kinds of documentaries, especially Disney Plus documentaries, um, celebrity money, what I was worried is that within an episode or two, we'd start hearing Coldplay's Fix You. Uh, and we'd start hearing all the cheesy kind of um, things that a lot of times happens in these documentaries where people are hugging and crying and learning and a show like this at least in its editing and its packaging wouldn't be um wouldn't exist without the recent success of something like ted lasso the way this is presented and cobbled together and cut um not saying that this is rob or ryan's uh intention but the way that the documentary series has been formatted shall we say is very much like well we've just had a there's a breakout hit for english football and now you know english football and and uh, british football is uh successful all over the world having fan bases that we've never seen before and i was also a little bit worried because in the first couple of episodes i felt the youtubification of uh documentaries has worried me a bit and where things are more quick and fast and flash with the editing but with the substance not being there it just it's pretty and it's presentable because at one point they brought on john green the author and youtuber and i kind of had a bit of a sinking feeling that this is where it was going that was just to kind of get us in, to get us in the door, um, to kind of, you know, give us the facts. And then it settled down a bit. And I found myself really, really enjoying it. I, I found that um, Ryan and Rob's motives were sincere. They also made a point of showing the club from different angles, from football hooliganism, to also the worry that once, if the the club doesn't do well, are Rob and Ryan just going to leave? You know, people, and it, the concerns of the people became the main thing with Rob and, and, and Ryan being, from about episode four or five, um, the kind of background players a bit more. The only episode I think there's a real bad thing is when they do the just Rob and Ryan episode and they do it with kind of, cooking Welsh food and stuff like that. Well, that was YouTubeification. But I felt they they did that to sort of be like, okay, gang, come in, come in, enjoy this, and now you can have a proper documentary. But no, I, I really uh, like this, and, and I felt they kind of spun the drama very well, especially because with anything sports-related, you have to... There, there are climaxes that are sort of pre-baked because, you know, are they going to rise or are they going to fall this is the game that will do the thing and will they win the game? And, you know, it's like any of these things, they have these dramas pre-baked into the whole thing. So it's a dream for any documentary filmmaker coming in going, well, I know what we're going to end the season on. But no, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, What what about yourself? Yeah, it's right. (laughs) Um, I really like it. I'm actually watching the second season at the minute, which... I think so far one of the episodes is the best episode from the run. Um, but no, overall I think it's really good. I think it's 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 
both slick enough and real enough. Uh, um, it kind of does both. I think like neither of us are massively into football. Probably you less than me, and Absolutely. I'm not massively into it. <laughs> um, and I think I needed a little bit of slickness to get me in. And I think I wanted a bit of business, and I wanted a little bit of star power, and I wanted a little bit of. Um, like localness and, and I wanted a bit of football I wanted to kind of mix those things I think it gets the balance really right for the most part um, I do I agree with you that episode with Robin Ryan's a bit weird but I quite I kind of like it and I think that's where I'm like that's a bit of star power episode um, and I also think it, it probably for us as you know Brits who know about Wales and know about football, maybe it matters less than us, but actually, maybe it's quite useful. It may for very well have been necessary it. for fans of in America who kind of have no idea about and all I, this. And I do think that's part of it. I think for I think with this show, it's it's obviously good for Wrexham. You know, a it gives them a, an extra income when they were spending a lot of extra money, um, and it obviously has helped them sell out like they've sold out on merchandise and couldn't they could have sold way more and couldn't get enough merchandise and thing like it's become a massive thing and they have loads of they sell out the stadiums now and it's it's built the brand which is good for their long-term um sustainability financially but i think it'll be very good for for football in the or soccer as the americans would call it in in the u.s because obviously it's kind of a it's been quite a weird revolution, I feel like, in the US. Obviously, always very much hinged upon their their own sports. Always was it was, it was American football, or as they would call it, football, um, and uh, um, baseball and, and basketball and things, which weren't that massive over here. Basketball probably the biggest, I would say. Um, it wrote, rolls through periods when Mike, Michael Jordan was big. It was kind of fairly popular over here but outside of that never really been massive over here um, and I think that is for a lot of the world um, basketball has actually been quite exported but outside of that I don't think many other countries really watch much American football or, or baseball um, other than a bit of like occasionally with a curiosity like on the Super Bowl and stuff um, so and I think then the reverse always happened they never really let international sports in and then obviously they, they did start to build up soccer teams in the US and obviously LA Galaxies and things happened and it you know it's been it's been going from strength to strength of late as have things like Formula One and, and there's quite a few other kind of international sports that seem to have broken through in the US I, think, I suppose with the internet and you know, people wanting, people kind of finding their their thing that they like and maybe realising, oh, actually, maybe that's, I don't like that thing so much. Maybe I want something a bit more complex or a bit different or maybe less TV adverts or, you know, whatever it is, just a little bit of a different vibe. Um, and I think this will only help, in you know, not just UK, although I'm sure it'll help the Premier League and, and all the, the which Wrexham are very much not a Premier League club, but that will help you know UK football but I'm sure it will help international football as well and European football and you know South American football and things I think it will, will help build that um, which is it's got to be a good thing overall so I, I know I really like it I think I, I think I like the bigger picture of it and also um, just think yeah I think it's it's well put together and slick and and fun and it does show you know it's not all just happy um all the time you know it's never like i'm gonna be crying myself to sleep kind of sad either but it's you know it's not just like everything was great and everyone got on and everything was perfect and they won every game and the world was their oyster um yeah i do like the contrast between the life in la and then Wrexham, like, uh, I, I'm not even sure if this was a deliberate element of the show. They just filmed some stuff with Robin Ryan, and then they'd film some stuff uh, um, back in Wrexham. But the contrast between bright and sunny LA, where these really nice guys <laughs> and who are very sincere, perfect teeth. Perfect, with perfect teeth, um, their concerns start to seem slightly minimal compared to the concerns of um, people living in Wrexham. And it does a good job at showing the lives of the players, makes a point of saying, like, uh, a top player in the Premier League might earn several million, but for most people, it's a lower middle-class job. 
um, 30 something thousand I think they quoted mm. um, and it, it had a nice use of um, uh, contrast and conflicts to show the different the variations on the different lives and while Rob and Ryan are very sympathetic um, the dramas of the players it was a good idea to kind of once you like I said come in it, uh, the YouTubeification sort of thing you're in now you've enjoyed Rob and Ryan faffing about and having fun and cooking Welsh food now look at this and uh, it, it made a point to kind of focus on them less and they became more supporting characters mm -hmm. i thought it was a very wise decision they knew that you needed to bury the medicine in a little bit of sugar um sort of thing and yeah, they're, they're, they're editing the balancing and the editing was very sharp in that regard and, and what they focused on was very sharp and i know we're not reviewing season two technically but actually i've noticed that even more in season two like You'll have a bit with Ryan and uh, and Rob at the start of every episode, and when they're at the club, you might see them. But outside of that, they're not in it that much. It's more about the players. It's about the locals. It's it, about it goes Humphrey. beyond their it's story. About, yeah, no, it does. If anything, they're seen as more at this point nuisance. <laughs> and I think they admit they almost like in it. They're always kind of taking the piss out of themselves a bit. Like, yeah, you know, we just come in, sprinkle a little bit of Hollywood magic, and then let all the actual serious people do all the serious work and i think that's where the documentary gets it right it could have just been a robin ryan fest and actually yes. it's, it's and it was nice when there was that moment where you see the uh, physiotherapist going oh, they're fucking around here they've got we've got a game on saturday for fuck's sake and it was a nice thing to put that in to not let that slide yeah, they could have so easily vetoed that there's another moment in the second season with humphrey with that as well oh, really? like, for fuck's sake why has rob just turned up <laughs> hasn't told anybody this has put me in a very awkward position but yeah no it's good excellent any more to say no i think that's uh, covered it i think murder that she wrote then brings us nicely to an advertisement break hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, I'd buy that for a football stadium. And welcome back. <laughs> hopefully I... What a scamp I am. Hopefully I drown We do like our larks and japes on this show, don't we? Yes. Yes, we do. Um, anyway. Can kind of, I do the, uh, the, the summary for the LA Lakers? Anyway, um, so I've decided to do the rest of this podcast solo. I, I so I will be talking about... Um, Can you even remember Winning that? Time, uh, which is a TV show with that's not even half. John C. <laughs> uh, winning Winning Time and something about the LA Lakers, some bullshit about it's the LA Lakers. Much longer than that, and I have to burden you with it. I'll keep <laughs> no, yelling. you don't. I'll keep yelling. You can hear me on the feed. Uh, anyway. I'm talking over you. You can't review it if I'm talking over you. He's not talking very loudly though. What I'm going to do is whisper into the microphone and turn the microphone down so that way. That they, the shouting that you I'll can't you can't hear his shouting. So the anyway, there was this All guy, right. and he buys the LA Lakers. You can hear me now, can't you? And they've made it's, a TV it's show. My show now, <laughs> taking over. This is what we call a hostile takeover. Anyway, so yeah, this guy he buys the LA Lakers, right. no, come on, and then he starts to win things. <laughs> Uh, an, can uh, you stop to... tapping the microphone? No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry, Rob. <laughs> God, go on then. Go on then. All right, do you want to know the full title? Oh, come on. All right. 
Are you going to behave? <laughs> are okay. you going to behave? Yes, I'll behave. Okay, go on then. What's the full title? The w- full title is Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, which can leave, leave the controls alone now. <laughs> what controls? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, of course he doesn't. Yes, yeah, so uh, Winning Time, The Rise of the LA La- of the Lakers Dynasty, which is a terrible title. It makes it sound like some really bad documentary from the mid-90s. But anyway, <laughs> could you just leave the controls <laughs> alone, okay? I'm not touching the controls. Yes, now. you are. You're a naughty boy, and uh, we don't I've like naughties. Them. Okay, so it says in 1979 uh, when uh, Dr. Jerry Buss takes over the LA Lakers, and he has this big... It's not abuse, Buss. I, th- I thought it was bust, but abuse maybe. Um, and his big idea is that for the for the early eighties, he's going to completely revamp this whole thing. He's going to make it like a, a superstar show with dancers and things. And but he needs a new kind of hot. Dra- oh my God, <laughs> hot draft pick. So, um, which is the introduction of probably one of the most famous basketball players. He's one of the few that. I think us English people would know, uh, Magic Johnson. And this happens to coincide with the start of the downward trajectory of the career of um, Abdul Kareem Jabbar, the very famous basketball player. And um, like any sort of um, sports docudrama, um, it has all the various players that if you're a fan of the sport, you might know. But um, it has a lot of celebrities cast in certain roles, like uh, you have Jason Clark and Adrian Brody, who played former champions, who are now brought into as different um, in different jobs uh, on the this new kind of hot LA Lakers team. And it's about, uh, as the title suggests, winning time. It's their rise to the top with these players that we know, like Magic Johnson. Uh, so, Johnny, what did you think about the winning time? The rise of the Lakers dynasty. Yeah, it was all right. And what did you really think? No, I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a mess at times. Um, some things it drags out um, and it, it it's a bit uh, all over the place at times. Like it, it, it's trying to do, it feels like it's trying to do too much. Having said that, I think it's incredibly sincere. You can tell the people who've made it really care about the subject matter. Um, in fact, friendships <laughs> fell apart because certain people cared about the subject matter so much. Absolutely. Um, it is an interesting story in itself. Um, the acting is fantastic. It's a, there's a really good cast of actors, all, uh, if not the top of their game, near the top of their game, So, only from a TV point of view. Um and it is a compelling story. I think I like the way it's structured. I like the fact that the whole the show is kind of the first season. Because obviously the fact that the, the dynasty word is in there, you know, suggests that they were successful for more than one season. Uh, you don't tend to build a dynasty out of one one successful season. Um, and yeah, uh, overall, I think it's a incredibly well, incredibly fun, um, interesting, compelling story. That's a bit of a mess. How about you? Yeah, no, a bit of a mess is a good description. Um, I, I liked very much the style of it. Uh, they would juggled around between different uh, types of films. So 8mm, digital, 16mm. And it creates a kaleidoscopic sort of uh, viewing experience. You have uh, characters breaking the fourth wall to kind of kind of remind you of things that happened um, or say things like, oh, we're doing fine, look to the camera, we are fucked, that kind of stuff. Uh, I thought at times it was a bit of a case of all flash and no trousers. Where There's a lot the, of flash. Yeah, a lot of flash. Um, the subject matter and its writing and the scripts aren't nearly smart enough, so they do, do sell you on the razzle-dazzle. But in a way, that's kind of what the LA Lakers in the 80s did. They brought in dancing girls. The, the whole idea is that they were going to change their stadium to be like a mix between the Playboy Mansion, Hollywoods, and this place, and you know all these exciting things. So yeah, the bit of flash and no trousers it's probably a, a good you know style meets meets the context um i think that um what has been spoken about is the two kind of leads outside of john c <coughs> Riley as bus buse let's call the whole thing off uh is um quincy 
Aseya as Magic Johnson and Solomon Hughes as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, both of whom are first timers. Um, I, I was very surprised to see that because they had the confidence of kind of future movie stars, um, both in kind of different types of uh, uh, Magic Johnson's very confident. He's very, you know, he has th there's this really great scene where Kareem speaks to um, Magic Johnson's dad and um, fiddling around the controls. <laughs> um, and at one point he says, your son, he's very happy. Does he not realize that we're black? Are you telling me right down? Okay, I'll just, I'll just keep talking. You do what you want. Um, do we not? Does he not realize we're black? Like you know, it's fine to be confident. It's fine to be happy. But there does come a point where you must real. You know, you must realize how affected. How is he not affected by any of this? And the uh, a, a Quincy I say, sorry, um, kind of brings that across. It's all smiles and and pearly teeth. And um, the actor who plays Kareem kind of displays it with a weight on his shoulders. I did find myself far more interested in that drama and uh, Magic Johnson's rivalry with uh, Larry Bird, the other rookie that was kind of hot shit. Um, for, was it Boston? Boston Celtics? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who's their big kind of number one enemy as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I found that a lot more compelling, I have to say, than anything with John C. Riley or the kind of kind of behind the scenes I found myself at times going, oh, Jason Clark and John C. Riley, go away. I want to see this other show. I was, I, I was fairly interested with the, the, the coaching side of it. Yes, me and, too. And, so, and um, the story behind that. I, I, John C. Riley's story was the least interesting bit. But then I think that's the whole thing with sports. And I think that almost goes back to what we were saying about the Wrexham documentary. The least exciting bit about the Wrexham documentary is the two Hollywood stars, because actually it's about a sport and a sports team. And I think with this, the sports team and that stuff is the more interesting bit. Yes. But to contextualise it, you need to show that razzle-dazzle and why need, the changes need, um, come in and, and stuff. It is certainly necessary, but I found after about four or five episodes, it's like, I can see less of this. I'm not mm. sure, I'm sure I care about the accounting and where the money's going or how they wrangled this dollar out of it. I, I want to see more on the, on the pitch. And I was more happy when they came on. And especially pitch, how it ties to think court. court, pitch, wherever these sports are played. Um, and especially how it ties <laughs> with things like civil rights and stuff like that. I was just found that a lot more compelling and interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's, you know, maybe a, a slightly interesting part of it. I think there's a it kind of hinted at with the high, the rivalry between the Celtics and the Lakers as well is that the Lakers are maybe a little bit more kind of like LA, a bit more multicultural, a bit more modern, and that maybe the Celtics are a little bit more... Um, that kind of like, I mean, they're called the Celtics. I think you kind of yeah, maybe exactly. get where I'm going with this. Maybe a little bit more that kind of like hard Irish edge that you, you, you got in Boston at the time and to an extent possibly still get in some areas. But yeah, um, and maybe there's a bit of a clashing of cultures there as well. And, and I think there's quite an interesting story being told there too. No, absolutely. And uh, I think it did that part of it really well. Yeah, I think it did. So no, I think overall it's a... It, it's well worth a watch if you like sports or you don't. If you, if you like sports, then really worth a watch. If you don't like sports, it's still a you know, good quality drama. Um, unfortunately, they've, they've done another season, but that's going to it. Yeah. It's after two seasons. It's very expensive. I mean, half the cast are A-listers who probably all demand yeah. however much per episode that they're all kind of getting their, they're all getting their due. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I think, um, yeah, I think it's well worth, um yeah i think it you know i think it is a really good show it's been really interesting but i kind of understand maybe why if you didn't find an audience quick enough why hbo maybe weren't rushing at a third season i haven't watched the second season yet so i don't know if the quality dips or if it's better or you know or how it work goes but certainly from its kind of debutante season it's a it's a definite recommend for me um it was a while back I watched it now and I really liked it and I've been telling lots of people to watch it. I think uh, a lot of people would would like it. It is obviously it's Adam McKay, isn't it? Yes it is. Um and it's it's got a lot of that kind of um he he's a bit of a fidgeter when it comes to editing. He does like to, like even like big short and things. The camera moves around a lot and it, it cuts. It's a so lot many times of that and, kind of thing. It's very film bro yeah. sort of filmmaking. Actually, again, that was something I didn't say in Rexham. It's one thing that I also thought they had kind of in in common 
is that where he is something Adam McKay likes to do is like cut away to a metaphor and have a celebrity or someone do the metaphor. And they also almost think they almost did in Wrexham. It's like they almost saw, you know, those kind of things are like, how do we explain things, but in a fun way? Yes. yes. Um, and Amanda McKay likes doing that. And there was bit, there was bits of that in this as well. There was bits of that definitely in, in Winning Time. Bloombity, bloopity, blub, blub, blub. Maybe that's why it's being cancelled. People couldn't pronounce the title. Yeah. If they just called it... Just call it Winning Time. Or The Lakers Dynasty. Or something, yeah. Two-word title. You don't need eight. <laughs> who, who the hell do you think you are? But it's like... It's like I mean, I would only ever call it Winning Time anyway. Well, yeah. But it's like Mythic Quest. That is another one that is just like Mythic Quest. And I never even know what comes after Mythic Quest. I can't Quest. remember. No, I can't remember. And it's just like, who signed off on this? Who name me one show that has got eight words in its title that's ever been truly <laughs> successful? That's a good point. I haven't thought about that. If yeah. anything, one word: Friends, Seinfeld, yes, Frasier. Yeah, Game of Thrones is three, but one of them is an of. Yeah, and so, The Simpsons. One of them is a the. Yeah, so I would say Simpsons anyway. I yeah. think most people would. Um, yeah, I. But whoever, whoever let that get through basically doomed that show bad form hundreds of millions of pounds have yeah, been we wasted should, we should hire adrian brody for a not much role yeah yeah no it's worth our money and we'll give it eight words in its title <laughs> great idea but adrian brody looks a lot like him yeah i don't care get someone else someone who's cheaper yeah to be fair what is he's adrian brody good. up to these well, he's true, good i like true. him in it. he's one of the, the more compelling storylines yeah no he is he is good um not being mean but yeah anyway i i it, it's finished there's been two seasons but maybe we're lucky we got that but yeah anyway i think that probably ties up our two reviews of the day i think and so let me just adjust the audio levels <laughs> <laughs> um anyway um so callum wrexham very good um I, I, is it called Welcome to Wrexham? Welcome to Wrexham, yes. Welcome to Wrexham. Not, yeah. Um, but it's one of those things most people are just going to refer to it as Wrexham. Um, no, it is very good. It's very compelling. It's, as you say, it's got enough flash to kind of open the door for you. And then once you're in, to give you um, the kind of real stuff. I think anything football related, I have a bit of a ceiling. Like uh, when I was talking about uh, the Full Monty a while ago, inspirational Brit flicks, I have a ceiling. Um, so I think I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I really liked it. Um, I'm not in a rush to see season two, but I'm sure I will at some point, probably when it's all out. But uh, no, I, I, once I had my arm twisted into watching it for this review, I really, really enjoyed it. And I liked the contrast between flashy Hollywood and um, not so flashy Wrexham. It was very well told, very well pieced together, solid editing uh, and not too much star power. So it gets grating. I actually think I'd agree. I think I would give it an 8 out of 10. I don't think it... Um, the second season may I might give a better score to actually. I'm only obviously it's only four episodes out I think now, but um, we'll see. But I do think I think for me it babied a little bit too much at times, which I understand. If you're introducing an audience that really has very little knowledge in such subject matters, then you may need to do that. Um, but yeah, I think maybe that's one issue, um, and it it. it, it didn't tell any stories in such an exciting and compelling way that like I was shook to death at the quality that it deserves more than an 8 out of 10 but for what it is an 8 out of 10 is still a very good doc documentary um, series I think like when I think of I don't know if you've watched on the BBC there's two series made called Once Upon a Time in Iraq and Once Upon a Time in no, uh, is it Ireland or Once Upon a Time in Belfast anyway um, there's there's well, the Iraq's about the Iraq war and, and the island one is about um, the troubles and they are like top tier episodic um, documentary making and that would be you know nine or ten so yeah I think giving it an eight for what it is is incredibly good um, and Callum what about winning time the blubbity blubbity <laughs> destiny Lakers blah 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 it's style over substance um it's a bit unbalanced um it's very messy but it's endearingly so for the most part um i thought it was really entertaining a bit of a case of all sizzle and no steak 
all flash and no trousers. But the flash is very flashy, and the, and the sizzle was, was very uh, enticing. I'm sure at some point I'll uh, finish it off and see season two, and I think we should keep our eyes peeled for Quincy Osea and Solomon Hughes, who, for me, are the real break stars, their first roles, playing those you know, larger than life characters. Um, I think we'll give it a seven out of 10. I'm really interested to see where their careers go. I am going to give it an eight. Um, oh, nice. I really enjoyed the storyline. I thought it was compelling. I thought it jugged, 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 juggled <laughs> a lot of good complex stories together fairly well, if messily at times. And maybe like you said, kind of maybe leaning on the stories you're less interested at times. I think the acting across the board was great. Like you said, there were some great newcomers in there, but there were some really good A-listers and there was also some good character actors all, all the way through. Just really well acted. Um, I liked that it was trying to do spend a bit of money and be a bit flashy and be a bit interesting. I, you know, I didn't mind that within reason, but it did occasionally start to get in the way of the storytelling and that's why it's not a 9 or a 10. Um, but overall, I think it's really compelling, well acted show, um, did something a bit different, but a bit messy and a bit flawed which is keeps it from greatness yes agreed and a stupid name <laughs> anyway uh well i think that brings us to the end of this week's episode i'm not sure if we should complain about silly names glass houses and all that well untitled <laughs> film podcast with yeah. callum and yeah, johnny. johnny that's only seven that's less oh that's one less <laughs> and some of them the words are with sure. and 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 i think you can delete those yeah, fair enough so technically i think we're at five words fair enough fair enough and technically the real name is untitled film it podcast is. so that's three words yeah so, anyway anyway i don't uh, and and it makes sense yes so actually i didn't wrap up the score so we both give uh wrexham an eight out of ten and we both give Blah 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 Lakers. A seven and a half between us out of ten. So both watches this week. Yes, very much so. But yeah, please don't forget to follow and go on our socials and answer our questions as there will be some more in the near future. Or coming to Halloween, so I'm sure there will be some Halloween specials coming in the not too distant future. And just to pre-warn everyone we will be taking a break in december we're going to reformulate and come back even stronger next year um and also try and get a backlog of episodes because i am disappearing out of the country for two months um so yeah just thought we will pre-warn you on that one any ideas or any feedback for the show is always welcome as well so please drop that in to the uh on, onto the instagrams and things slide into our dms we do love it exactly um yeah thanks very much guys and see you all next week later bye bye i am invincible